Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by our Bastiat Cruel Dubai. Just get the camera on. Uh, welcome back to the Racing TV studio. As you can tell from my giggling, Robert Cowell has joined me in the studio. Uh, Robert, you look very smart, first of all, which I know is an important thing uh, for a man of your stature. Uh, so, first of all, how are you feeling? How, how are things going? Good morning. Um, <laughs> well, my daughter and my wife said to me yesterday, make sure you dress smart, because um, I don't think I do often, and they think I look like a taxi driver most of the time. So. Um, I made a little bit of an effort, a little bit of a pink number going on with some cufflinks was quite nice. I'm glad you just didn't wear green because that would have been quite awkward in this studio. It would have been. It would have been judging by the <laughs> yes, what I see around me. <laughs> now, interestingly enough, uh, this is your 25th year uh, with the training. Really? Master. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, time does fly. Yeah, we are sort of moving up towards the sort of senior ranks now, unfortunately. That's particularly um, interesting because... of fairness to you it doesn't appear that you've been around for that long you know and you obviously have retained your youthful looks thank you <laughs> you don't look so bad yourself <laughs> thank you what's this mutual admiration society uh, 30 winners for the season so far yeah. equaling what you did last year how would you describe how 2021 has gone it's been um we have a lot less horses um it's very competitive out there there's a lot of new trainers coming through the ranks as we there's quite a few that uh Everyone would have noticed this year in particular um, and those that are doing really, really well. And I think the whole thing is becoming more and more competitive. And we have less horses, but I've got to say, in fairness to the yard and all the lads that work within our setup, mm. they've done a marvellous job to get the amount of winners that we've put on the board so far. And uh, they work tirelessly, like I'm sure most our staff do. But, um, yeah, it's been a bit more of a struggle this year, but I, I feel we're, we're, we've done well, reasonably well. Yeah. Well, I might flip reverse things because I, originally I was going to talk to you about the horses and then move on to maybe uh, some interesting topics. But given what you're saying about how difficult things are, how more competitive things are with your 25 years of experience as a trainer, um, perhaps you can give us a bit of insight uh, into how things have changed, into how they have become more difficult and what aspects are, are tough. I think it's I think social media is something that we've had to learn about for the sort of the us sort of middle-aged guys now that the youngsters that came in immediately went into social media and I think uh, um, that spread the word a lot quicker for them yeah. um, uh, it's been a little harder for us it's harder to you know although we're, we may be reasonably well established um, you still have to be as busy as those younger chaps to you've got to be as busy as them if not yeah. busier to try and put your name forward as well so We've done a lot on our social media, and thanks to some guys that work for us that have done an amazing job to put us on, uh, you know, on Twitter and, um, yeah. and, and all, on all the little outlets that are up. But I think that's very important, and you've got to be everywhere you can. Um, there's a lot of trainers, there's a there's a lot of owners, yeah. um, but there are, it, it's harder to 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 get them, and um, it's more competitive. You know what? In a way, it's probably good for racing. Yeah. Well, that ultimately, you hope that that's the case. Yeah. Um, you, you've been at the Book One sales this last week, been yeah. at Tats. I mean, how difficult is it to get your hands there for, because of that competitive nature of things, uh, on, on the horses that you would like to? Well, Tats, I was kind of there just as a, just watching um, <laughs> and observing. Um, I hope I'll be a little bit busy. So that was for Book One. So yeah. it, it was a little bit out of my league, I'm afraid. Um, uh, Book two, which is coming up tomorrow, and book three, hopefully we'll... Um, I've got a few clients that are interested in horses, so we'll be scouring the books for something. Um, but 
book one was particularly difficult, but yeah. trade was good. Mm. You know, fantastic for the agents, fantastic for the consigners, uh, the vendors, and those that are purchasing. You know, they've got the dream alive, yeah. and uh, racing is evidently still in a pretty healthy place. It seems so, uh, yeah. judging by the, the average at the, yeah. at the sales once again. Absolutely. Um, and in terms of your ownership, Robert, obviously you've trained for a, a vast number of different types of you owners. You say years again, where a vast number of years ago. <laughs> Stop that. Let's, let's not talk years anymore. No. We've, we've both been around for a long time. <laughs> um, but the, the demographic of your ownership, has that changed much over the 25 years? Has it had to change much over the 25 years? Um, I think, obviously, syndicates are important, um, which is something we'll probably get on in a little bit. But, I mean, very lucky to have had um, Tom Morley over the years, who's been an absolute... He's uh, been instrumental in the sort of horses I've been buying, and he's yeah. been so loyal, which is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, and he, he's between the two of us with, I mean, I'd say he's been there probably for 22 of the 25 years. Yeah. Um, but syndicates going forward are the way to go as prize money as it is. You know, one man paying all the bills probably isn't really the way forwards with the way prize money is at the moment. And until that increases, I think um, those, those syndicates like your, your um, Midland Park Racing yeah. and your Nick Bradleys, et cetera, et cetera, are, have done really, really well. And I think that's the way forward. And everybody gets a little piece of the pie and they all feel like they're very, very much involved. Yeah, with your uh, international experience as well, I know that you travel the world in, in the sport of racing. Do you feel that uh, we're a bit behind uh, other nations when it comes to syndicates? But if we can catch up, then it will allow for a bit more of a, of a healthy outlook. Absolutely, absolutely. I think the more people we get involved, um, the potential of those 50 to 60 in one particular horse, one or two might branch out on their own and have their own horses. So we need to get as many in as possible. Yeah. Um, obviously, there are a number of issues that we could talk about that affect people in racing that are quite serious issues that need to be addressed. Uh, what are the things that Robert Cowell, if he could, uh, wave a magic wand and, and make things better immediately? What are the things that, having all that experience, what would you want to change? Obviously... The, the old argument of prize money. It would be amazing if we could just everyone, all the the different facets just get together and just be a bit more friendly. We're, we've got amazing product. We've got yeah. the best horses in the world, the best pedigrees in the world over here. People love watching English racing. The product is there. Yeah. Why don't we just all get on and just thrash something out? It just goes on and on and on, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. every single week there's someone <laughs> saying, what are we going to do about it? Why don't they yeah. just do something? Why doesn't someone do something about it? You know, There's uh, a lot of talk, isn't there? There is a lot, a lot of, talk of talk and there's no action. Um, that's one thing. The other thing I'd quite like to see, um, I'd like to see a dark day like they have in America. I'd like to see one rest day, perhaps on a Monday or a Tuesday, just a day when, more, more, more so for the staff than anybody, that yeah. can just recharge the batteries, have... No racing, there's no pressure, there's no... Yeah. You can think about having a day off and yeah. you can actually do something quite productive. Yeah. So a day off would be wonderful for the industry, yeah. I think. Um, be superb for the staff because they work so hard through... I mean, there's no days off at all. I mean, it's seven days a week. Mm. Um, of course, we have weekends and we're given afternoons off and this and that, but I'd just like to see a day where there's no racing, in my opinion, and that will probably... Um, the, fi the, the fixture, fixture list. I was going to say that would work in tandem with the fixture list. With the fixture list, there'll be a little less racing, probably a little bit better prize money, and um, I just think that would work. I, it works in America, and I lived over there for quite a while, and yeah. I think uh, people look forward to that. 
that though that trio of topics that you've just brought up they all link together of course yeah and if you could you know do something about prize money reduce the fixtures therefore means more prize yeah. money then have a, a a day off so if that's the case I mean, it's that simple why doesn't it happen yeah who's going to do it though that's the thing <laughs> well me, me and you different why facets <laughs> that's i mean that ultimately is it i mean this is it you know you, you've obviously been involved with the national Tra trainers federation etc you've had discussions i'm sure you've been you know there's there's so much that that have or so many different factors or in racing that have a say that makes it hard would that be your experience your thoughts I think from there's your too many there's too many individuals there's too many parties that um they've all got different they all aspire to something different mm. and i don't think anybody therefore can have a i don't know where the middle ground is that's the trouble um but i think if someone were to find the middle ground we could just yeah. get everybody together in an afternoon get them all in together and let's just thrash it out yeah. and do something. There's just too much talk and there's no action. I just feel like it's, uh, racing could become a lot better very quickly if mm. we, we were able to do something. I'm not the one to do it, but I don't mind being in the, in the room yeah. shouting out my little bit behind <laughs> uh, everyone's ear. Well, it's, it's interesting to hear you talking about things that could be better, but what are the things that this country does in, in horse racing that are the things that make you proud? The breeding, superb. Um, the studs around are which is where, essentially where the horses come from. You yeah. know, the studs in Ireland and England are just absolutely wonderful. You go to the sales, the horses are immaculately turned out. The sales are very healthy. So if the sales are healthy, then we, we obviously have a very, very burgeoning business, don't yeah. we? We must all do because yeah. everybody wants to buy horses. Everyone wants to be part of it. Um, the race course, it's lovely. When you go racing and there's a, there's, you've got... You've, you get so many, you can get anybody wanting a five pound entry fee to someone yeah. paying, you know, the top dollar for the for the yeah. restaurants at the top. Um, and everyone has a lovely time. It's it's superb racing, especially in the summertime. Um, and you can't get the, the The atmosphere is just wonderful. It's as good as anywhere, really. The racing, actually, the racing atmosphere, like your Goodwoods and your Ascots and your New Markets. I just bring those up as an example, but yeah. they are amazing festivals. Yeah. You know, so um, we do a lot of things right there. Uh, you've done a lot right in, in your career, and the list of, of good horses that you've trained is long and distinguished. But they are all sprinters. I, I look back at all the, the big races that you've won. There was a seven furlong horse, I think, <laughs> wasn't there? Was is, that, is, that, is that an intermediate distance <laughs> for you? Is that? That's a distance horse. <laughs> uh, but I look back at, at all the big races, all the pattern races that you've won, and they're all under a mile, seven furlongs or, or yeah. less. Is that by design or accident? Um, do you know, I was thinking about this last night, and actually um, it's by design, and, but partly by accident. And uh, again, harping back to Tom Morley, when we first decided we need to go out and buy ourselves a good horse, we realised that the bigger outfits were selling... The, the colts that were now geldings yeah. um, that didn't get a mile and they didn't really want sprinters in the yard because they were wanting right. to win the guineas and the derbies, etc., etc. So we saw a little loophole there that, um, um, that we could afford um, because I can't go and buy Galileo. I can't go and buy you know, all these fashionable sires and yeah. I, I won't win the derby and I won't win the guineas, but I've got a good chance of winning another King Stand or a Nunthorpe or yeah. um, you know, a, a high-class flat race uh, over uh, in the sprint distances um so that was great for about three or four years five six years maybe yeah. but then everyone else got on the 
on the bandwagon a little bit. Yeah. Obviously, Danny Nichols was amazing at it before before I was. Yeah. Um, not that I was amazing, he was amazing. <laughs> uh, but but everyone else saw that loophole that people were selling these horses. But now the bigger outfits realise that actually they're they're good Saturday horses for them as well, and they sh they showcase their studs or or colours or whatever. So then you can't now buy them. I mean, so it's become harder for you. Well, they've come much harder and we can't buy them and obviously Dubai people were buying horses to go to Dubai for the big festivals and the carnivals out there um, so the big outfits weren't selling their nice horses which kind of put me in a little bit of a different position so but we still look yeah. but it's harder it's, it's harder to find the diamond it is harder but you have done it a number of times so that the templates there for success before we talk about some of the horses you mentioned your, your time in america it's well documented your your friendship with with wes ward and um, what are the what are the secrets of training sprinters what what did you learn stateside that you think uh, helps you with those sprinters um do you know what? oddly enough in in america although we all trained on a track the horses aren't galloped a lot. They are, they are, every trainer has a training schedule and you'd, you'd look at the horse and you'd go, right, this is a bit light. We don't need to gallop this on Tuesday. Yeah. Let's wait another five days and see if it can put on a few more kilos. Um, and um, I found a lot of horses were turned out in pens. Uh, so the, there was a lot of more, a lot, a lot of individual style training rather yeah. than essentially the old-fashioned English way of, right, on Wednesday and Saturday we'll gallop the horses because, yeah. of course, the owners could come and watch them. Uh, but in America it was, it was just slightly different because the, the owners never really went to the track. Right. So you didn't, have to show, you didn't have to show your horse off to the owner at any given time. And I felt um, bringing what I brought back to England was just, you know, we, we, we're very lucky and fortunate to have a lot of turnout paddocks and a lot of... Yep. You know, our horses just get turned out all the time. But less galloping is essentially what I'm trying to say. And I think keeping horses, especially sprinters, just fresh. Um, and when they go to the track, they're just going to want to run like mad, aren't they? That sounds That's, like my sort of training regime. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> light, light exercise and fresh. Light exercise and fresh. And, you yeah. know, that surely could only do one thing for your head as well. Keep you Positive. Keeps you positive and yeah. keeps you uh, wanting to do it. So... Well, yeah, it's, it's it. worked. It's worked. It has. And uh, yeah. um, why don't we pick up with perhaps one of the, the early stars, Prohibit. I know Jim Crowley tweeted last night saying, yeah. please don't forget me. Yeah. I set you on your path yeah. to greatness. Um, obviously, he, he won the King's Stand. Yeah. I remember being at Ascot that day, and I remember seeing your, your reaction in the paddock. It was, yeah. it was tearful. It, it was tearful. I'm not crying, by the way. But I, <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. It was, it was amazing. And uh, we went there. I mean, he was a... He was a very good horse, uh, but incredibly talented, but very quirky. Mm. So Jim rode him absolutely perfect that day and um, managed to do, you know, he'd, won, he'd lost a few races, not Jim, but the horse had lost a few races he should have won just by being a quirky character. But my goodness, he was talented. I mean, he was very, very good. When you say talented, just very fast or had the ability? Uh, just the ability to beat anything. But quirky had to be in the right place at the right time and not hit the front too soon and all those sort of little things you know yeah. he was so talented he could just he'd get to the front and just pull himself up but we knew he had an, even another gear yeah. uh, but that was just you had to produce him exactly the right time and Jim was superb on him yeah. at, uh, at Ascot absolutely brilliant and that you, was his first group one winner by the way Jim it was indeed yeah. and you spoke about the fact that 
you know, you're not going to win because of the, the horses that you deal in. You're not going to win a Derby. You're not going to win a Guineas. But a King Stand at Royal Ascot, which is a big deal. Yeah. What was the experience, the memories like of, of, of doing that? Uh, amazing. I mean, I, I, it was truly quite something. I, it's something I'll never, ever forget. Is you know, Any winner at Royal Ascot is superb. Yeah. Of course, and it doesn't matter what it is. Uh, but uh, that was just particularly special because it was our first Group 1 winner, Tom Morley's first Group 1 winner, um, and also involved in the horse was Khalifa Dazmal yes. and, uh, and the, the Pennies and the Rixes. And, you know, we're all, we're, we were all, all small-time people mixing it with the big lads, and it was outstanding. Yeah. It was fun in the car park afterwards, I must say. How long were you in the car park for? Quite a while. That's quite a while, maybe till the next day, I think. <laughs> but that was super, really, it, really good. It wasn't, you didn't stay in the car park till 2015, did you? Because if you <laughs> yeah. did, uh, you'd have been yeah. back for another King Stand. Yeah. Gold Ream. Yeah, yeah. Again, he was, uh, now that horse was just incredibly quick. He just could burn anything off. Just very different to Prohibit, who was way more talented, yeah. even though Gold Ream won better, won the King yeah. Stand than the Abbey. Abbey. But he was just absolutely, just so quick. Yeah. But both these horses had amazing pedigrees as well. Right. And that does help a lot. Interesting. And they both were very, very, very good, very, very good, uh, very good pedigrees. Both by Oasis Dream also. So, so um, when sourcing these horses, yeah. You know, how much? Uh, you mentioned Tom, uh, who clearly, uh, and I, I said it on air a couple of times about the strike rate of purchases uh, that turn into or improve, horses that improve when you get hold of them, Tom's port. You know, wh- who, who runs that or who, how do you divvy up the responsibility for the horses that you purchase? Um, so we have, a, uh, we have a system. So we will look through <laughs> the whole... This is a secret. Is, is Tom going to be happy that you're it, giving this Well, away? actually, I'm, I, I, I'm going to give him a lot more credit than I'm going to give myself. But he's <laughs> extremely good on form and he watches everything. Um, so we will, between us, we will get a short list of horses. He'll look at mine and I'll look at his and we'll scrub off what we individually don't like. Right. And that'll give her an even shorter short list. And from that short list, I'll then go to the sales and tell him what I like or what I don't like at the sales. Right. And I do my little thing there. And so whatever I take off is then finally the the minuscule list that we're actually really interested in. Okay. And it might be anywhere between four or five to 10, 15 horses. Yeah. Um, but we know that those are the ones we've identified as what we really think we can improve or have fun with. You know, yeah. depends on the budget. Um, and both Prohibit and Gold Dream came under that um, uh, under that, that shortlist. So, yeah. yeah, we've been lucky. We've been really lucky in the well, past. Well, a, a dealer skill involved as well. But what was Gold Dream's success in, the, in King's Stand in... 2015, like, uh, uh, I guess a different feeling. But we knew where to go. We knew where the winner's circle was. <laughs> we knew where to go to get the champagne afterwards. We'd been there and done it. So <laughs> it was brilliant. Again, it's, you know, to do it again. I, again, I would love to win that race another time. I, I, it, what is it about it? I suppose it's because I had so much fun the first time <laughs> I won it. Yeah. I just, I want to keep repeating that. It just really does it for me. It, it really get, it gets me going. It really ticks the boxes for yeah. me. Uh, I just love it. I think it's brilliant. Uh, how, how different was the experience of winning the Abbey? Uh, slightly different. Um, again, it's a Group One. It's it's French champagne, brilliant. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's very good. They do very good champagne at Royal Ascot, to be fair. 
Um, no, the, the Abbey was amazing and it, it was a, quite a good year for us anyway. And then to finish on that just really kind of, um, it, it sealed the year for us. And I just, I, I was I was pretty made up by that to yeah. be fair. And that, but, it, but I, I'd love to win another King Stand. Yeah. I really would, I just yeah. something about it. Fantastic. I mean, obviously winning the King Stand twice, the Abbey, uh, and another of the, the marquee five furlong sprints with Jawala uh, in the Nunthorpe. Um, again, uh, a, another horse who improved enormously for you and uh, a horse that was, was clearly a, a top-class sprinter on a day. She was. She, she was really good. And, you know, huge thanks to the, the Watsons for, for having bred her and sending her to me. And, you know, we, we had her right from the very start. Um, so it kind of different in a way because this this filly had come to me as a yearling, yeah. uh, so we took her from where she was to what she ended up being. And at what point did you think, yes, this is going to be a, a Group One filly? I said she how much she improved. I mean, where did you identify that this uh, was where it was going? Again, she was very much like Gold Dream, just incredible speed. Um, this was an amazing day. It was absolutely brilliant that day. That was, that was superb. But where I knew when we ran her in the um, we ran her at uh, Goodwood down the hill, and we got beaten by um, Soul. I think Soul Power won the. Uh, no, sorry, we ran her at, Go- at Doncaster the year before oh, as okay. a three-year-old, and she finished behind Soul Power, fourth or fifth or something. Not beaten far, two or three lengths. Yeah. And I thought to myself, you know, as a four-year-old moving forward to next year, with the strength that she'll develop into and what she will develop into, she could be a real force to be reckoned with. And um, that proved to be the case. And again, an amazing penny. Another way to stream, funny enough. But so I mean, I have she, native trail, huh? Yeah. But I, I, yeah, she was she was very very good, but a bit more like Gold Dream than Prohibit. Just yeah. raw talent, fast. Yeah. Just got on with it. And um, yeah, Steve Drangrove, a fantastic it, ride that day. It's wonderful watching you talking about these horses and about how much speed excites you, because. Mm clearly in a world where we we almost we, we we've missed the 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 horses being bred for stamina there seems to be a bit of a stigma amongst the traditionalists that oh you know it's become too commercial the whole emphasis on speed etc and early speed as well um, it's nice to see someone so openly desiring uh, and and excited by a horse who's just fast out of the gates and gets the job done as quickly as possible yeah i i, I it just it does excite me and again Let's hark back to what we were saying earlier. You know, it's a horse, sort of horse I can afford to, well, myself and my owners can afford to buy. Mm. You know, we can't we can't afford to buy a horse that's got the pedigree to win a guinea. Well, per- perhaps a guineas, but certainly not anything further than that. Yeah, um, it's very difficult to buy those. Although, you know, you can. It's just not not my gig. But yeah. I, I do love the speed, and I love. You know, you can run them plenty of times as well. I think that's another thing. You know, they don't doesn't take much out of them, does it? No, but also run them plenty of times but keep them sweet Absolutely. how do you do that how do you keep them sweet well i got to tell you the lack of of training that we were talking about earlier yeah i've i i've said this story a few times but before prohibit won the king's stand on that on um back in 2000 and whenever it was 11 it's a long time ago many years ten, ago 10 years yeah. 10 years <laughs> 10 years ago he um he, he had six weeks between races and i galloped him once wow in six weeks and when i turned him out in the paddock he used to gallop around the paddock a million miles an hour for a minute and a half, two minutes. And then he just put his head down and eat, just eat grass or whatever he wanted to do. But you could tell just by turning him out, yeah. 
what sort of frame of mind he was in. Right. And, you know, running around for two minutes, flat out, I mean, literally, he was quick. Yeah. So running around for two minutes kept up his fitness to, to some extent, doesn't so it? You, you were never worried going into the King's stand that you'd not done enough with him? No. Because wow. he looked amazing. I knew he was absolutely bursting at the seams. And um, we did give him a few canters. You know, he wasn't yeah. not ridden, yeah. but um, he did one gallop. And that, that, that was it within that six weeks. Wow. Extraordinary. So, yeah. Uh, how did you keep Kingsgate native sweet for so long? He was a lovely horse, wasn't he? <laughs> I mean, he really it was an absolute, absolute dream of a horse to have and so friendly. But, my goodness, you sat on him in the morning. Everyone had to put a seatbelt on. <laughs> I mean, he was just just everyone's worst nightmare. <laughs> really? I mean, he could whip around. He could, he could see something no one else could ever see. And he would... Um, he would he, at the age of 10, I think he dropped... This was the Temple Stakes that he won stakes, for you yeah. in 2013. Um, I think he came back... Uh, was it the age of 11 he won at Nottingham? He won at Nottingham in a conditions race on his, yeah, at the age of 11. But this, was, had this, an enormous this was satisfying, wasn't it? Oh, it was, yeah. He had an enormous appetite for racing. But because he was just... We could tell exactly how this horse was going to run by the, his demeanour in the morning. So if he jumped out and went for a little hat canter and started spooking and everything, which invariably he did, you knew you were on... In the next few days, if he had a race, yeah. you knew he would be on his A game. Um, absolutely. A brilliant horse, and what a career he had, starting as a two-year-old yeah. winning the... Uh, the, the, the Nunthorpe. The Nunthorpe. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, absolutely superb. Yeah, he was a lovely horse to uh, have. Who used to have the task of riding him in the morning? Or did you um, share that around? That I shared it joy? around because not everyone liked it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, wasn't, he was a really easy horse to ride, so cantering him or galloping yeah. was very easy. But staying on him was the hard bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, he raced previously for, for John Best, Any, uh, Sir Michael Stout? Correct. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then came to you, Cheveley Park. Um, those are, are, are names, obviously, that you're very familiar with in terms of the tradition, the history of the sport. When you, when you have uh, the option of training for, for someone like Cheveley Park, what's that, what's that responsibility like uh, when, they, when they, you, they're part of the Robert Cowell fold? They make it very easy. It's obviously a big, it's a big honour to exactly, train for yeah. the, the red and white colours. You know, it's, uh, they've been... And they're steeped in history, aren't they? They've been going for so for such a long time and have won so much. They actually have their colours in our in our little tack room. Yeah. Was you know, it's quite a thrill. And to be sent a horse as good as Kinsgate Native, it was a change of scenery. It wasn't yeah. anything more. Um, but uh, Chris Richardson was. It's just so easy to deal with. And you know, if things don't go right, they don't go right. Yeah. They've been in the profession a long time, and uh, um, it's it, it's it's. It's very easy to train for people that totally yeah. understand what happens. And, you know, if you look at most statistics, you know, 20% of the time it's amazing. Yeah. 80% of the time it's not ideal, Yeah. Uh, if yeah. I'm being honest. So, um, but, yeah, it was, it's a lovely, it was great to have a horse like that. Really good. I, I wonder what would be the next uh, pattern winner for you. Uh, thought maybe Arecibo. Would yeah. would have won a pattern race by now. I mean, he's come very close. Yeah, uh, yeah. he yes. won a couple of races at Newmarket earlier in the season and has run some magnificent races in defeat. I guess the King's Down would have been pretty painful, um, but he, he's clearly a horse that has done you proud this season. Probably a bit like Pruitt, isn't he? He's just very talented. Yeah, quirky. Um, has to be ridden cold um, and was ridden very cold that day at uh, at Ascot. 
This is a new market um, earlier in the new season. Market. Yeah, um, you know, he was dropping into handicaps this day. I mean, he won two handicaps in a row, but he was really well handicapped. He'd just yeah. been a bit probably naughty in his in the years in the previous season, and he'd got himself quite nicely handicapped. But he was one that we were really keen to buy through myself and Tom. You know, we yeah. were very keen to get him, and probably, you know, we'd if we if he came up for sale the year earlier, we'd have got him a year earlier. Would have been probably better, you yeah. know, but. Uh, yeah, like you said, he's, he's run some great races in defeat. Yeah. Do you think uh, he could potentially go to Dubai for you, or would he be...? Um, I would probably... He was third the other day in a listed race at um, Shanti. Um, he's probably had enough for certainly these shores for the winter. We could consider Dubai, but I, I don't know. I'd have to chat with Tom about it um, okay. and see what he says. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not. I'm not certain. I think he probably wants a bit of cut in the ground, oh, okay. ideally. Uh, and anything, anything that you think that you've got in the yard that could potentially win the King Stand again one day. Well, there's a few coming through yeah. the ranks. There's one or two that you've well mentioned. Uh, there's, yeah, there's one horse that I, but, I wanted to ask you about because yeah. he made a striking debut. A horse called Dynamic Force. He made a striking debut at Air. And I know you're normally reticent to be too bullish about a horse, but after the race, you were, by Robert Cowell standards, really positive about this horse. Then he got beaten, I thought, through greenness on his second start. It was a head bobber. Um, and quietly, you took him abroad to have a go uh, at uh, pattern level in France again, where he led, and I, I'm not sure what happened there. Was it the ground? or? Uh, well, you're absolutely right. I think he's quite a nice horse, um, and he's he, he cost a few quid at the breeze up sale, so he's, we ob- we knew he's there was an engine underneath the bonnet. Yeah. We know that, that was the easy fact. easy debut in it. Oh, it, was, yeah. it was an amazing performance, but he he didn't beat much, right. which we understand. Um, at Ripon, when he got beat, we we were always worried that the track would be the thing that would beat him more than anything else, and it was the track. You know, he didn't handle the undulations at all, yeah. and, um, but it was something we had to give a go. Uh, but we f- we felt bullish enough about him to try him at pattern level because he was in a couple of over here, but we thought they were yeah. too tough. Um, but he absolutely, he lost it in France. Um, and literally an hour, 45 minutes before the race, the race that went on beforehand, it was a, there were fillies in the race and they yeah. were all paraded round in front of his stable, right, like literally in front right. of his stable. And he just got more and more worked out. And then when he eventually got, you know, what, you know, this, what uh, can I yeah. say? <laughs> so as soon as he got out of his stable, he was just in a muck sweat and just, just doing too much. He basically lost his race before he even started. So line goes back through that and um, we'll win a novice with him, hopefully in the next three or four weeks and then put him away for next year. But yeah, I think he's a nice horse. He's a big scopey horse as yeah. well. Uh, and, and, and one that I imagine... Given your style, bit of time. Next year might not even be his year. It might be yeah. two years down the line. Well, if you think about these King Stand winners that we've had in particular, they've been they've been older horses. Mm. You know, sort of four or five years old, yeah. if not six. So um, whether we'll hold on to this horse as long as that, I don't know. But yeah. he he certainly looks an exciting okay. horse for the future. One more before we close it off. Clarendon House now four from six, is it? Yeah, he's he's very good. He's he's a really nice horse. Um, he's finished for the year, right. um, but he is four from six. He's very fast, a little bit, um, r- runs a little bit on his nerves, but I was really delighted with his last race, mm. uh, which he won up at uh, up north, 
at Musselburgh and he he just showed he showed he didn't have to lead he wasn't just one dimensional so he's starting to learn yeah. uh, but he looks a very exciting horse for next year and he can only get better well, those are two names that we will definitely take note of Clarendon House and Dynamic Force Robert the last thing yeah. uh, before we close this segment of the show off uh, we've spoken about British racing but what has been the, the best thing for Robert Cowell in the 25 years... Not again. Why did you say that again? <laughs> because it's amazing. people won't, won't believe it when they see your youthful looks on the television this morning. He's been training for 25 years. Yeah. What's been so, the best thing? Um, I think it's all the contacts I've made. Made some great friends. Uh, some really good friends. I mean, I've been... So the, so the training is one part of it. And yes, you meet some lovely people training. But going around the world and being at... I've never been able to do that otherwise, but yeah. meeting all the people I've met through Dubai and Bahrain and Qatar and America and everywhere we've been, even just in France locally, yeah. I've met some fantastic people, some great friends, and and we'll always be good friends with them. And we, we, we joke and laugh about a lot of things from all those years ago when <laughs> I first started training. And yeah. there's, it's, it's, it's wonderful to, to have had the opportunity to do that. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel, Dubai.